Friday. We're just um, going to apologize in advance for the thumbnail picture that will appear at least for the next 24 hours. We, we didn't. I, for those of you who, who don't, who've never done YouTube videos, they don't give you much of a warning. And um, so you're often caught in the most awkward situation. But um, yeah, it's a horrible picture. Anyway, <laughs> apologize in advance for that. Probably shouldn't call attention to it, huh? Now we're all going to go back and look at it. <laughs> May not have noticed. <laughs> exactly. And we called attention to it. Oh, well. Such is life. Such is life. Um, before we get started, as always, I have a little bit of something that I always want to talk about. Um, we put up a poll, uh, I don't know, I guess about four or five days ago. Um, and no one has responded to the poll. Not one person, which is like really weird. Um, more confusing, it shows that only 11 people have seen it. And I don't understand that either. So I figured... I would use this format as well to try to um, call attention to the poll and to maybe explain what we mean. Um, I'm sure most of you are aware of the rooms feature that they have on Facebook. Um, the rooms feature allows you to be able to basically like video chat, I guess that's the best way to put it. Um, where, you know, like a group video chat. So those of us within the group, um, and for those of you, I just realized as we are on YouTube, not everybody probably knows what we're talking about. Um, we do have a Facebook group. <laughs> if you have just found us and stumbled across us on YouTube and you are interested in this, please look us up on Facebook, leaving it at his feet every day, um, and request to join. Um, we are interested in starting a Bible study using the rooms feature so that instead of y'all just looking at us, we can also look at you <laughs> and we can actually discuss face to face. You know, we talk about all the time how we love to hear other people's perspectives, not, not just our own. Um, and the more perspectives we can get, you know, the more we, we learn, the more we get from the things that we are talking about. Um, oh, that's okay. Um, I at least remembered mine today, guys. I forgot it last week. Y'all probably can't even see that, but it's so stitches. It's pretty. Um, yes, it's very pretty. Um, <clears throat> we would love to be able to actually discuss with y'all in real time, face to face. I mean, these things are great and the live chat is great, but I can't always keep up with the live chat and be able to respond to you while we're in the middle of, you know, the video and it won't allow me to go back and respond to you afterwards. Um, so that kind of, you know, messes things up a little bit. And yes, the comments are good too, but I'm not even sure that everyone's seeing the comments after, you know, I go in and reply and it just, it's so much better when it's in real time. Yeah. And I just felt like if we were all together face to face at the same time, it, it might would just be um, a better way to actually encourage give and take actual discussion. And it, it feels more like an actual like group Bible study, you know, like we all got together in somebody's home and, you know, 
just had us a good old time. You know? There's something special about this. Exactly. You know, bring your coffee, bring your tea, whatever it is that you want. We can all sit down and just have us a nice chat. Um, huh? Bring your dog. Yeah, our dogs always come in. Just be right for it. Um. Anyways, so if you are interested in that, please go to the poll and mark your answer. Um, if for some reason you're having a problem seeing the poll, just send a message, whatever, just say, hey, I'm interested in doing the room Bible study. Um, we would very much like to do that, but um, we just need to find out how many people would actually be interested in participating. We don't need a whole lot, you know, just a handful <laughs> would be enough. But um, as a matter of fact, I don't even know how many people can go in the room at the same time. Should probably look into that, huh? I, know about it. <laughs> I don't either. This would be my first time actually using the rooms feature. Um, I'm not usually big on video chatting, but in this particular instance, I just think it would be really awesome to be able to study with all of you guys face to face and, you know, hear your perspectives on things for a change um, and just be able to openly communicate in real time, you know, face to face, just like if we were in the same house, in the same room. I guess that's the point of rooms. So. <laughs> it's like you're in the same room. Anyways, um, I would very, very, very much appreciate it if you would go ahead and um, put in your vote one way or another, if you're interested and, or if you're not. Either way, I, I'm just trying to figure out if there is enough of an interest to actually do this. So, please, please, please go mark your answer on the poll. It is in the announcements as well as in the feed. Um, but like I said, if you have a problem finding it, just let me know. Okay, so on to season one, episode three. Jesus loves the little children, guys. This episode, um, so much more lighthearted than the other episodes. I mean, if you can watch this episode without smiling, I just don't even know if we could be friends. I'm just, <laughs> just smiling inside. Yeah. You just. I love, I absolutely love the idea of Jesus interacting with children in that way. And I truly believe he would. I absolutely believe that he would. Um, I just, I love that, that playful, loving side, you know, that they're portraying there. And, you know, the thought that occurred to me when I was seeing that is how often we talk about how Jesus meets everyone on their level. And how he often taught in parables because he was trying to uh, teach people in a way that they would understand, that made sense to them. And I thought this was just another example of him meeting them on their level. You know, he wasn't, most adults, you know, I guess kids look at it like they're kind of talking down to them, you know, um, can't really relate. You know, and, and he, upon the very first, you know, actual meeting, he's so completely on their level. <laughs> crazy noises. Yes. Yes. Um, immediately, you know, it, it draws them to him because he's 
on their level, taste like them. So Jesus knows what resonates with each different person, and I definitely believe, you know, from what we do read in scripture, that he has a really deep connection and fondness with children, and part of that is probably because so many good attributes of children that we don't foster. Exactly. And, you know, you talk about that, the, the fostering part. Um, that's something else that I really loved, and I kind of saw a parallel there. Um, he, the entire time, he was complimenting them and encouraging them. And even when he was um, cautioning them, I guess you could say, from time to time, it was always in such a loving way that showed that he had their best interest. You know, it wasn't like he was trying to point out they had done something wrong or they'd done something bad. Just that, you know, you need to be safe about this, you know, um, you know, about them. Like when he was talking about how they had wandered, so it was dangerous that they had wandered so far from home and um, they didn't know whether he was a dangerous man or not. He said it in such a way that it was, I guess the best way I can put it is it was kind of wrapped in love. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, that's, that's the way it sounded. And I'm like, you know, that, that's, I could so see him doing that. And as parents or just people in general, that's exactly how we should be speaking, not just to children. I mean, especially to children, but not just to children, but to everyone. Um, to show that what you're saying is, just out of love. It's not a, you're not trying to make them feel bad or feel less than or put them down or judge them. It's, it's a caution, you know, out of love, um, or a correction out of love. And I think they just did such a great job of showing how, I really, once again, I believe that's exactly how Jesus would discipline, I guess you could say. You know, it, it's so wrapped in love, you don't even really realize it's discipline. <laughs> it's just, you know, they did a really, really great job with that. But I thought to myself, you know, there's not enough of that in today's world. The, you know, I, I always go back to the verse from Philippians where it talks about um, how all of your words should be edifying. And it goes on to, you know, to say other things. But edifying is what always has stood out to me because, you know, so many of our words, sadly, if we were to sit now and keep record of all of the words we spoke each day, I would venture to say, for most people, probably only about 10% of them would be edifying. Most of it's just useless and pointless. <laughs> a great deal of it is complaining. Um, but there is probably also a lot that tears down rather than builds up. And I, I was very, I guess you could say my heart was warmed to hear it someone who talks like that all the time. Like everything is just for the purpose of building someone up. Why shouldn't we do that? I mean, it makes you feel good. It should make you feel good to make someone else feel good. I, I don't understand feeling good because you made someone feel bad. That just, I don't understand that. Mm. <clears throat> but sadly, that is the world that we live in today. But there needs to be a whole lot more of that. Um, 
that not only are all of your words building people up, but and not ourselves. <laughs> Sadly, I feel the need to, to pinpoint that. Not ourselves. Other people up. <laughs> There's plenty of building ourselves up in this world. Um, so it was kind of an aside, <laughs> but I uh, actually played a game once as um, a little bonus in one of the Professor Layton games. That was like a little RPG. So you kind of have your own character and talk to people. And you have this happiness bar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for one thing, it, it goes up like if you say, you know, eat the favorite food of yours or something, or if you have helped somebody in the past, it'll go up. But um, sometimes when the people are talking to you, they'll say something that's particularly nice or encouraging, and they light up the words in green, and that means that it's filling up your happiness bar. Other times they'll say something that is hurtful and the words will be in red and it will go down on your happy part. So I think that's actually kind of a poignant demonstration. It really is. So I try to think of my words that way sometimes. Like, would you have the green words? Would you have the red words? (laughs) That's right. Remember that, everyone. (laughs) Go fill up people's happy bars. Um, There was a similar thing in a book that I read before um, and the guy called it your love bank and you can either put into people's love bank or you can take out you know like deposit or withdraw within a bank you can deposit into their love banks or you can withdraw from people's love bank Um, I think some people are probably overdrawing (laughs) but uh, yeah it I, I kind of like the happiness bar, though. Um, yeah, so we need to all be about the business of filling people's happiness bars. I think that's just the way to go. And I think in the process, you'd be filling your own happiness bar. If you're my kind of people, you would anyway. <laughs> um, but Yeah, knocking down other people's happiness bar always knocks down mine at some point. Usually right afterwards, so I regret it. Yeah. Even when you're, like, in that moment, you know, where your emotions are kind of getting the better of you and you say something, you like, almost as soon as it's out of your mouth, you regret it and you wish you hadn't. Um, there's never any, any good to be gained from knocking people down, you know. No. Nope, nope, nope. But... I think even when we have to say something to someone that they're probably not going to want to hear, you know, as in discipline or correction or whatever, um, we should try to do what Jesus did <laughs> and wrap it in love. It just, the way he, he spoke it was just, like I said, he really would have a hard time even discerning that that was a correction or a discipline because you could just hear his concern for them. Um, and that, I'm sorry, go ahead. So you could turn the red words into green words. <laughs> That's right. You could. Um, I just think, you know, if we took the time to make our words in a way that you just, how do I want to put this? Um, 
there's no doubt in the other person's mind, just from how you're saying what you're saying, that it is out of concern and love. It seems like a person, no matter how hard what you're trying to say is for them to hear, that if they can hear that you're doing it out of love and concern, that it's a lot easier for them to take and they're more, probably more likely to listen, you know. Um, but instead, we tend to just belt it on out there in any old way and sometimes in a very harsh way and then we want to backtrack and try to say but I'm only telling you this out of love and they're like yeah I can hear that <laughs> you know it, it's it's a person is far less likely to listen to you when you're being all around yeah and just kind of automatically shut down discredits you a little bit yeah it really does because you know so you do that and then tell them, I'm always saying this for your own good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, even if they really are, it just doesn't sound like it. And everybody's really listening. Um, I think we all can work on that a little bit. Easier said than done, I guess. Although that's probably not the best thing to use in this particular instance because we're trying to say it. (laughs) (laughs) Not easily said or done. Yeah. It's not easily said or done in this one. Yeah, it 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 takes it's a choice. We we have to make the choice to put some effort into that. But anyway, um I wanted to note the very beginning of this episode, the very, very beginning of this episode. It kind of stands out from the rest of the episode. It really does. It's almost to the point that you would say it doesn't even fit, but I found that there were a couple of things throughout the episode that came back, particularly to prayer. Um, But what really struck me in the scene is the fervency of this prayer. And I thought that, that right there is what true fervent prayer looks like. Here's one of the tears. Exactly. You can Exhaustion. see. Yes. <laughs> and like you could see him literally sweating. You could hear the emotion in his voice. You could see it on his face. It's really a surprising intensity. It's like you wouldn't expect to see this except maybe in Garden of Gethsemane or something. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's another one of those episodes that I'm kind of oh, like, yeah, <laughs> like, I know I'm going to watch it, but by the same token, it's just, it's going to be so hard. Um, <clears throat> but yes, that's what you would expect. And yet, this was just like his normal prayer. But you could tell he was all in it. And, and there was such a fervency there. And all I could think when I'm watching, I want to pray like that. I want to pray like that. That is what true fervent prayer looks like. When you are all in, you are so invested in what you are praying about that it just shows all over you. And you're just like exhausted when you're done. Like, like you just ran 20 miles, you know. Um, that is what true fervent prayer looks like. And yeah, I want to I pray like that. <laughs> it almost made me wonder if he was. Like, his mind was already going there because he knew what his mission was from the beginning. And 
I take this to, to be that this is kind of like right before he starts really getting started and mm-hmm. calling people. So, you know, knowing like this is imminent, we're about to start this kind of thing. I wonder if, if that was supposed to be where that was. It's very possible. It would make sense. Um, my head went a slightly different way. I looked at it like him being so concerned for us and the state of our being, you know, at this time. It was like, you know, breaking his heart over it. And, and he was praying fervently on our behalf, you know, and that, that maybe that he, you know, the success of his mission, you know. Not that that was ever in question, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, that, you know, I, I believe that he had worries and concerns over what, you know, he was doing and, and that he was doing it right. Um, some people might not would agree with me on that, that he would just know that it was all, you know. But I say that he, I don't think Jesus got worried, but concerned. Yet. Yeah, That's you the know, right word. Yes. There is a yeah. I think he was concerned for man, concerned for what was going to happen. Um, and I think perhaps even concerned that, you know, he was doing his father's will in, in, in the way that he wanted it to be done. Um, I mean, we see a lot of evidence of that as he's constantly consulted. You know, every evening he, he would consult him on what he was supposed to, what was the next step, you know, what was he supposed to do. He didn't do anything without consulting him first, as we all should learn to do. But that shows a, a very strong concern there that he's doing exactly what he's supposed to do, when he's supposed to do it, the way he's supposed to do it. Um, but I don't know, I guess just in my head I was looking at it that he was interceding for us. The, the state of man um, but it's very possible that yeah maybe the scene was portraying what was to come as well he did uh, intercede for believers though in, in the garden of mm-hmm. mm-hmm. so that's also kind of a connection maybe so <clears throat> the um, the next thing that I had that got my attention anyway, was, you know, we had seen that Abigail had went, discovered, you know, his place. Mm-hmm. She, playing with some things, thought about eating the food, decided not to, you know, rightfully so. Um, here's him coming, and, you know, she runs and hides behind, I think it was like a, or a wall, piece of a wall or something there. Um, now, he gets there, he becomes aware of her presence. Now we know that he would have welcomed her regardless, you know, of what she'd done or anything like he would have gladly welcomed her over there, given her the food that she wanted, you know, all this but she ran. As soon as she became aware that he was aware of her presence, he ran or excuse me, she ran. <clears throat> you be straight to hear it. Yeah, that would be. <laughs> I took it she ran out of fear and guilt. You know, of what she had not that she'd really done anything that wrong, but in her mind, in a child's mind, 
um, they would probably feel like, you know, hey, I was touching all of this stuff. I was, you know, messing with all these things. I almost ate his food, you know. It doesn't make sense because I was just kind of thinking like, okay, you know, suddenly there's a guy here and she doesn't know him. That makes sense too. Uh, I, in a child's mind, I think she probably wondered, you know, had he seen her? Did he know, you know, what she'd done? Um, so I just kind of took it out of fear and guilt, and I thought that was such a parallel. It even kind of brought me to the Garden of Eden, you know, um, mm. that as soon as they became aware, that he became aware, you know, they, they ran, they hid out of fear and guilt. And we do the same thing. And the reality is he would welcome us. He would take care of whatever needs that we had, whatever concerns, fears, whatever that we had. But instead, we often run out of fear and guilt. And it's not him that's condemning us. And we can so clearly see it in that episode how welcoming he would have been. And he would have just, you know, enveloped her, you know. But she was scared. Um... <clears throat> not knowing his his nature and his character. And I think that is like the key thing is we need, this is the reason we need to stay in his word and we need to keep track of all that he has done for us in our life because that is how we get to know his nature and his character so that we do know we don't have to run. We don't have to be afraid um, and, and feel that guilt we can go to. And he will welcome us and he will envelop us with that same love and joy that is expressed in that episode because we are his children. And I just, I don't know. To me, that whole scene just kind of showed me that. It was kind of cool. How would you not from that? I found the whole episode was just fucking with me. <laughs> it just made me happy. It filled my happiness back. <laughs> I remember um, that they had suggested at one time for people to show this episode to people who they were trying to get to watch um, because, you know, it just kind of gave you a taste without, like, being part of the main story of most of the episodes. Mm-hmm. So, like, it didn't have to be connected with anything else for you to understand, so to speak. Yeah. Well, I imagine it also makes them happy. <laughs> it, it is by far, I think, Probably the happiest episode, at least so far. Mm, there's more to come. Yay! But we have to wait so long, guys. Oh. I mean, actually, this is the first time that we've went live since the season finale. So, I mean, seriously, guys, what y'all think about that cliffhanger? <laughs> y'all let us know what you think. Um, that was just, oh my goodness. I think it took like a full three seconds for it to even register in my head what had just happened. Like, oh no. <laughs> and then, then they drop the bomb. They're not going to even start filming until the beginning of next year. That is like a cliffhanger of all cliffhangers. And I totally <laughs> understand why. It doesn't make yeah, easy. yeah, exactly. I, I, I totally get it. Just, um, man. <laughs> you know, and. It's not even like we don't know what happens. <laughs> it's still a really interesting thing. That, okay, yeah, they do add a lot of things, but like the main story, we we know the entire thing. Like talking yeah. about spoiler 
But we still want so much to see it. Yeah, you just want to see it brought to life. It's just, yeah. Um, I want so badly to start talking about that episode now, but no, I will not. Oh, I almost want to start doing them simultaneously, but there's probably people who haven't even seen those yet, so don't yeah. wanna don't wanna mess that up. Give everybody a chance, you know. Y'all, if you haven't watched season two yet, um, and you've watched season one, you need to go. Now's the time. Now's the time to binge watch season two while we're still waiting. Or maybe you don't want to binge watch it so you can stretch it out since we have to wait so long. <laughs> it's hard to do Dole them out. Yeah, a little bit at a time, like a treat. Ration. It's really hard to do with this show, though. <clears throat> So, as much as we want to, we'll do, we'll stop. Oh, my next thing was Abigail, I thought. Um, kind of like us, though. Even when we, we run because, you know, we're afraid or feeling guilty or whatever. What happened? She ran. She couldn't stay away. Came back. She so came something back. Something that she had seen made her, gave a draw to her, made her want to. Exactly. She was drawn to him. And, and I feel like we are the same way. Um, we always still feel that pull, that draw to him, and we, we come back. Um, because something in us, whether we know his nature as we should or not, something in us, just like her, instinctively knows his nature. Um, I imagine because he's in us. You know, um, the Holy Spirit, you know, tells us that and guides us there. But something instinctively always draws us back to him, no matter the fear or the guilt. And she obviously, or they betrayed it. <laughs> she obviously had that draw in there as well. She instinctively knew. And, and I love how later in the episode, when the kids are all, you know, discussing him and everything, and they, the, the one guy, trying to say, you know, he might be bad, he might be dangerous, he might be a criminal. She's like, he is not. She vehemently felt, you know, he was a good man. <laughs> yes. Even though she didn't know him that well, but she, I guess, had observed, well, as she said, you know, they, they'd been around him, you know, all day for several days. She observed his nature. Um, but I still think there was just an instinctiveness, but she was so sure, you know, in, in her defense of him that he was a good man. And people still say things about Jesus today, like uh, the masks, uh, I don't know, cult leader, or whatever uh, you want to say. <laughs> but he is not. <laughs> he is not. Um, <clears throat> I think the main thing about this episode um, we kind of talked about that a little bit, how, you know, this episode might not have been as in-depth, but it really didn't need to be, because it, it just, what I think was supposed to be the main point of it, doesn't require a lot of depth to get and understand. Um, I actually meant to look up that verse, because I can remember verses, but I'm very bad about remembering where they are, <laughs> but... You know the verse that talks about um, how we should become like little children to enter the gates of heaven? Yes. 
Okay, that is pretty much the point of, or I took as the point of this episode, is how we should take on the nature of children. And the first thought that always comes to my mind, at least when I read that verse or I hear about it, um, is I think of the fact that children have complete and total unquestionable faith in their parents that they're going to take care of them that they love them that they want what's best for them um that they're going to provide you know for all of their needs and they don't have to worry about anything they don't have to worry about tomorrow what they're going to eat or drink what they're going to wear you know they don't have to worry about those things because they have unquestionable faith that their parents have that covered so that's the first thing that comes to me when I hear that verse is that's exactly how he wants us to be with him. He is our father. And I think it's insulting to him that we're always worrying about these things because if we truly believe that he loves us and he wants what's best for us and that he can and will provide, why are we worrying about it? Why do we keep trying to do it ourselves? You know, that's my first thing. But this episode showed so many other aspects of children that we as adults could do well to imitate <laughs> or not just imitate but just you know start doing it start being that way like the fact that <clears throat> they're so willing to ask questions without uh, you know worrying so much about what you think about it uh and then later you know, towards the end when he was talking with them, he was talking about, yeah, he hoped his new students would ask the same questions, but he wasn't sure that they would get it so much. Exactly. Um, that was my, not only that they were so willing to, but that they wanted to. They had a thirst for what he could teach them. And it's kind of funny because, you know, the very beginning with Abigail, she's asking like a thousand questions, like spitting it out. And then she's like, Joshua, ask him questions. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's just it. I, I think it pleases him that we want to know that we're we're seeking, uh, seeking. Oh my goodness, seeking and searching. I just, just made up a new word. word. <laughs> yes. Yes. Although it sounds kind of interesting. It does. Not really. Kind of, yeah. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe we'll. I'll work on that, guys. Um. <laughs> but, I think it pleases him when we're seeking and we're searching um, and we're wanting to know what he has to teach us. We're, we're looking for that wisdom. Um, so often, I think it's kind of a two-part thing. We either don't bother because we just feel like, oh, we know the basics. We don't really need to know anymore. And we just satisfied with that. Or... We seek, but in the wrong places. You know, it, it, I've often talked about this before, where <clears throat> it's good to read devotionals um, and listen to sermons and, you know, such like that. Those are absolutely good. But in addition to his word, his word should be your main way of seeking. It should, I guess you could look at it like a meal, you know, we're fed by his word, right? <laughs> the main portion, <laughs> that should be his word. 
Um, and I think it was kind of like that, you know, that they were seeking about him. They wanted to know about him. And that's what we should be doing. We should want to know more about him. And you can't really, I mean, yes, people can tell us about him, but all they can tell us about him is what they've learned about him and what they've experienced with him. We need to seek for what we can learn about him, what he tells us about him, what we've experienced with him. Ultimately, when it comes down to those moments where we really need that strong faith and belief to get through, what so-and-so experienced with him is not going to help so much. What you've experienced with him, that's what's going to get you through because you can say, you know what, he got me through this before. He got me through that before. If he could get me through that, he can get me through this. He showed up every single time I needed him. He's been faithful every single That's what gets you through, not what he did for so-and-so. Um... <clears throat> So I think, at least what I took that they were portraying here is that they wanted to know him. They didn't know him. They wanted to know him. They were intrigued by him and wanted to know all about him. <laughs> at least Abigail did. <laughs> wanted to know all about him and they were eager and excited to know all about him. And... As adults, we, we tend to kind of lose that, you know? As a kid, you really, you think nothing of going up to total strangers, you know, and just asking all about them, you know, or, or you meet another kid for the first time or whatever. Um, maybe not us quite so much, we're a little more introverted. But, you know, um, as a kid, though, you were not quite so much. You were pretty bold as a kid. She She's completely different guys than she was as a kid. She was a little sassy. <laughs> yeah. Yes she is. Which um, is not to say that my sassiness was terrible or anything. I'm sure. No, I don't mean a bad kind of sassy. I just mean she had a little spunk then. She was not afraid to speak her mind. Um not so much that way now, but um I'm just saying as a general nature, children think nothing of doing that. They want to know something and they ask. You know, they, they're just like, what's your problem? You want to know, we ask. And <laughs> Somewhere just, along the way, we start having issues with that. Reservations, they're not wanting to bother. But it's so much more fun and fulfilling to go through life that way, you know, looking into new places and seeking answers. Exactly. You're constantly learning something new and... and you never know where that will take you or what doors, you know, that might open. And this is where I say, um, I, I've kind of said before, you know, um, how our life could be an exciting adventure if we just lived it that way, where we, we sought him for every move and what our day was going to be and what our schedule or plan or whatever for the day was supposed to be. Um, and I was so tickled when I heard that Toby Matt song for the first time about on the edge of my seat. Yeah, because I'm like, yes, yes, that's what I've been saying for so long. That's how life should be. We should be. We could so easily live a life where we're on the edge of our seat, just, just waiting for what's about to happen. If we just sought him for what our day was going to be um, and, and weren't afraid 
to ask those questions, you know. But the biggest thing is I think we've stopped. I guess you could also look at it as like a baby Christian versus one who, I guess you could say better. I don't know how you want to call that. You know what I'm saying? When you're first saved, you're like so excited and you're on fire and you're asking all the questions and you're doing all the things. And, you know, you just, um, as your mama puts it, so heavenly good, you're not any earthly good because you just, <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> yeah, that, that's how it tends to be. But somewhere along the way, we lose that excitement and we lose that fire and we stop seeking. We stop searching. Um, we stop actively asking the questions and getting to know him. And the more we get to know him, the easier it is to hear him and know what it is that he wants us to do or what we shouldn't do. You know, um, It's easier for us to follow his lead. And it's easier to want to live a life on the edge of your seat because you're not scared, you're excited. <laughs> because you know his nature so well, you know, that you know you're in good hands. And um, it's kind of like those thrill rides I was talking about, you know. Some people don't like thrill rides because they're afraid. Um, but if you know that it is a situation where there's, and maybe rides aren't the best example here because, yes, sadly, there's been some that didn't work out so well. But just saying, if you were in a situation where you knew without a doubt that you were going to be okay, um, going through the what appeared to be a scary situation, it gives you a thrill. It gives you an excited feeling because you know you're okay. It was kind of like when, let's, let's go back to you, you fully trust mom and dad, right? When you're little and they throw you up in the air, okay, <laughs> you liked that because you knew they were going to catch you, okay? You knew that it was all going to be okay, so it was just a thrilling thing, you know? It, it's kind of, our lives could be like that. So what us to be Christians that ask God to throw us up in the air? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Every day. Every day you should just throw us up in the air. That's a new um, issue. Yes. Ask God to start your we own really need to start our own life. See, that that could be your first thing that you you could do for for your digital art. You can start us a line of shirts based off of our our quirky comments <laughs> that we make. Y'all could start y'all could start telling us some of your favorites, and and we'll make that happen. Yeah, we should do that. Because <clears throat> somebody, you think we're going to get big enough that people will start doing those uh, best moments compilations? Cause oh my, <laughs> y'all would have so much to work with. <laughs> we are always, we're a mess, but <laughs> but we're his mess, so it's okay. That's what you were talking about reminded me of this little verse, not a Bible verse, but like a poetry type verse uh, that was in that tapestries of life book. I don't remember who said it, but it was something like, I can't even remember the beginning. <laughs> it's about a bird. It's about a bird. Okay. <laughs> it's like, talking about let us all be willing to sometimes, um, like a bird, to rest for a moment on a trembling branch, 
as, as it sings, what is it to her if she has wings? She has wings. Exactly. That would have yes. been better if I could have actually said that. <laughs> that's okay. It's it's yeah, it is. Yeah, and, and that's exactly what we're talking about here. Yes. Why Why should we... It's, it's so clear and easy to see when we say, you know, he is the creator of everything. He is capable of anything and everything. He is our father, and he loves us so completely in a way that our minds can't even comprehend he wants not only what's best for us but his best for us so what on earth do we have to worry about it's so easy to see that but then when we get in those moments you know we just so we fall back into it every time but really that's just it what is it to us we have got <laughs> you know it just <clears throat> it baffles my mind of how quickly we forget that, you know, um, or even how we forget that. I don't know. But yeah, what is it to us? We have got. Excuse me. Like a bird forgetting that it has wings. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the bird can manage it. It's got a bird brain. <laughs> Sorry, guys, that was a little cheesy, I know. But it came to my mind, okay? I had to say it. We accept that around <laughs> We accept all forms of humor as long as it's not inappropriate. None of that, please. Um, anyhow, um, the next thing that came to me was um, the emotion on his face when the children were praying. You're referring to Shima, they call it. Yeah. Um, and what struck me there is I wonder if that's how God feels when he hears his children pray with such a pure heart. Yes, exactly. Not not just, you know, going through the motions, not just asking for a bunch of things, not just saying something for the sake of saying it, but actually, you know, like you said, with, with with feeling, with, you know, meaning to it, where they're actively, you know, we're talking to him, we're, we're seeking, we're searching, we're thanking him, you know, with gratitude, with love, with joy. I, I can't help but imagine that that would be what his face looks like when he hears his children talking to him like that. If you think about it, it's um, really one of those moments that simultaneously shows he was God and man, because the emotion you know, was the man part. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it reminds you that that he is God and that what they're praying, you know, is, is to him, about him. Um, and he's always wanted to be loved by his people. So hearing it, you know, right there, I can mm-hmm. get it. That's another one of those things where it's like, it's so simple, but we often forget it. Think about how you would want your children to talk to you and the things that you would want them to say. There is probably not a parent alive who hasn't had the thought or complained or said something about how their kids were always wanting something and they wanted everything they saw. So nobody wants their kid or likes their kid to come to them with just a list of wants. 
you know, every time they talk to them, they're just wanting something. Um, <clears throat> and yet that's what I think a lot of our prayers sound like to him. Is we're always just coming to him. And it's not that he has a problem with us coming to him for something that we want or need. But it shouldn't be all we do. And, and it shouldn't be the entire consensus of our prayer. And then there's the fact that, you know, once again, as a parent, you like your child to be grateful and appreciate, you know, what you did or what you gave them or whatever. And so no one wants a child that, you know, you do all this stuff for them and yet they never thank you. And they seem to just forget that you did it. So they've got something else they want now. Another common complaint. Um, and yet that seems to be what, you know, a lot of prayers end up being too. Um, I like that story where he heals the, the ten lepers. And they all run off, and the one guy, the one guy, just the one guy, yeah. And see, that's the thing is, you know, sometimes you just want your child to talk to you. Sometimes you like to hear that they're grateful and they appreciate, you know, you or what you've done. Um, I think it's, you know, I not, not just think, I know it's the same thing with him. Sometimes he wants to just hear from you. And our prayers need not be just a long list of one. Um, it should be, there should definitely be gratitude, always gratitude. There should be praise and reverence. And sometimes you should just talk to him just for the sake of talking to him because He's your father, and he wants to hear from you. Um, and I think, I don't know, maybe it's just uh, me being, you know, an emotional, heartwarming feeling. But I like to think that he would listen to us and feel that way and think it's beautiful like to hear thing. us talk to him like that. But it's just beautiful. I, I know that's the way I feel my children do, you know. That, that's music to my ears. It's beautiful. Um, I, I, would, I do. I, I like to think that that's what he thinks. And, you know, I want to please him. I don't want to displease him. And I so often think, you know, that he's up there shaking his head so often, you know, because of the things that we do. But it's nice to think that, you know, yeah, sometimes when we get it right... <laughs> We're up there, you know, bringing on the tears because he's so happy and so pleased and, and think it's beautiful that our words are beautiful. Well, anyway, that's what I got out of that scene. <laughs> I remember a lot of people talking about that scene. You know, it really struck them. I think we don't give it enough thought about what our prayers how they affect him, or what they mean to him. I think too often we only think about how it affects us and what it means to us. And it really shouldn't be like that. Um, we, we tend not to look at it from the relationship angle. And that's just that this is supposed to be a relationship. He's not a genie in a bottle. This is a relationship. And in a relationship, you should be thinking about the other person. But we tend to not do that, I guess, just because he's not physically in front of us and we don't see him. Um, we tend to forget, you know, 
there's another person in this relationship and we should be thinking about, you know, what his wants would be, you know, um, how we're treating him. No different than, well, different, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I started to say no different than we would anybody else, but I mean, he's God. But you know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, another thing that I thought we could learn, the children, they were always, when they have that awkward moment when they woke him up, and um, <laughs> they asked if they could hang out, and he was like, I have some work to do. You may have to help. The children were willing and eager to do his work. They are. That got me. Yes, they were willing and eager to do his work. They didn't gripe and complain about it. They didn't start saying, you know, we can't. Um, they we were, don't know how to do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is exactly what we do. You know, he, he invites us. He gives us opportunities to do his work. And we so often... I even thought it was interesting how they slipped in that part because you could easily just disregard it and think, what did that have to do with anything? But I think it was pointed. The scene when Abigail and her parents were having dinner and the wife was asking him to go help her friend and he's like, I've got to work late. You know, I, I don't have time for that. The whole scene really in conjunction with the rest of it, it's almost like it doesn't even belong there, except that he makes that statement. Um, and I wondered if that was their point with it, because um, that's, that is it. You know, we have these opportunities that he gives us, and we look at them as interruptions, problems. Um, we, we've got our agenda, we've got our plans, our things that we need to do, and these things come along, and we're like, I'm too busy, or I'm not capable of that, um, we just don't want to, you know, there's a whole list of things that we pop out with, and it might even be with good reason, like he said, you know, he had to work late, but good reason or not, if it's an opportunity that God's giving you to do his work, we should all be as willing and eager as these children were and I can't even imagine you know <laughs> I would love to spend every day working with Jesus yeah, <laughs> and we yeah and and you know we look at that and we're like okay that was on TV but no we all have the opportunity to work with him every single day every single day he has work to do and he gives us the opportunity to help him we're just not usually so willing and eager as these kids are, you know, or we don't even see it. And it would do us well to learn from the kids and, and be, think about how often, I mean, it seems to cap off at a certain age, <laughs> but generally I would say probably the 10 and under crowd, kids are always wanting to help, you know, they're, they're just eager to do it. And so much that you don't always want them to. Yeah, you don't always <laughs> want them to, but see, you know, that's kind of the thing to work with that too um we're not always so capable of doing the things that jesus wants us to do but he helps us you know with him we can do it and it's the same way and he's patient with us you know we we screw up all the time <laughs> but he's patient with us 
And the whole thing is you learn something from it. You bond with him in it. And something good comes of it. And it's the same way with kids. Yes, a lot of times it takes you three times as long to do it <laughs> when the kid wants to help. Because, you know, they make a lot of mess or it gets messed up and you have to keep redoing it. But you know what? It encourages the child and they get something out of it. And there's a, a bonding experience there. And something good comes of it. But... Yeah, a lot of times we just disregard it. I don't think, though, that we often realize when we're being given the chance to help him with his work. We just yeah. see it as interference and interruption. And we gripe about it. We complain about it, you know, and we, we dismiss it and disregard it. Um... I think we need to start opening our eyes and looking for those times that he's inviting us to do that and be willing and eager to help him. And the other half of that was how eagerly they listened to everything he said. Very good. Yes, they were like, you could tell, they just they couldn't wait to hear what else he had to say. And they listened so well. Um, they wanted to know. They wanted whatever knowledge he had to give them. Um, if we were to listen like children do, when they, they're, they're learning something, you know, um, they're learning something new, they're excited, you know, and then they listen, to, they hang on every single word. And as adults, I think uh, somewhere along the way, we tend to just kind of, what I call, you know, like skim reading, oh. like skim listening. You just pick up the bits and pieces, and you don't, um, you're not, I guess the best way to put it is rapidly listening. You know, you're just so into what you're, you're hearing. And when you listen that way, you remember everything because you're just so into it. And I could just see that, once again, they portrayed this well. And as these were children, you know, they did a really good job. Um, because, it, yeah, you could almost sense their eagerness and their excitement. And, like, they were literally hanging on every word that he had to say. And it should be that way. Um, even though we can't see him in front of us. It should be that way because we still have his word. Just because he's not speaking it in front of us, we still have his word. And we should be... Just as enthralled. I mean, it kind of goes back to if someone really famous or royalty or whatever, if they wrote us a letter, would we not eagerly grab it and just be pouring over every single word and telling everybody about it, you know, because they wrote you a letter? You think if of who this is. Yes, if Dallas <laughs> Jenkins wrote you a letter, how excited would you be? You'd be poor. You would probably have it memorized by the third reading, and you'd be telling everybody. Well, think of who this is. Our Creator, the Creator of everything, the most powerful being in the entire world, wrote us a letter. And we don't read it enough. 
and often aren't excited about reading it. Um, make excuses or, or want to um, borrow, I guess, someone else's knowledge who read it, you know. <laughs> but we should be just as excited, more excited even, and read it so many times that it's memorized and we're telling the world about it. Look who wrote me a letter. <laughs> you know? Look, it's a long one too. <laughs> you know? Um I was just thinking about the I think it was Caroline. Caroline Dingley would be very impressed. Oh. <laughs> For those Jane Austen lovers out there. Um Yes, it's a very long letter. She's very impressed. Um, <laughs> but so should we, and that's the point. We should be impressed that he, he wrote us such a long letter, and it tells us anything and everything we would want to know. It's in there. That's a very well thought out letter. Really? It takes you Yes. Luckily, he has it all. Um, Speaking of um, telling everybody... Like, Abigail, obviously, you know, she was so drawn to, to him, the little girl, and she brings Joshua into it. And right away from there, they, they just bring more, <laughs> more people. Yes. <laughs> like, she was so eager to share it with, you know, with her friends. Why do you think they agreed not to talk about, about him? I'm not exactly sure... I kind of went a couple of different ways. I mean, first of all, there's the obvious way that you could take it, like, on the surface that, you know, they were afraid if their parents knew, they wouldn't let them come back. Um, but then, if you go a little deeper, I wonder maybe because um, at this particular time, he didn't really want a lot of people to know about him yet. I mean, he didn't tell them that, but, so, I'm not sure if that's where they were going, but that did occur to me. But I don't... I don't really know. I just couldn't see like him saying like, "Don't tell your parents." Like, no, no, yeah. I don't. I don't think that at all. No. Like it's really, it seems like their own kind of thing. And I didn't know if um, like they just enjoyed having a secret or, or what it, it was. I don't know. I just kind of mainly took it like so on the surface that, you know, if they told their parents that they were meeting this strange man in the woods, that probably would not go over so well. And they probably would not let them go anymore. And they obviously really wanted to keep going. Um, <clears throat> just kind of a natural thing for kids to do. But if there was a deeper meaning there, I'm not sure. Perhaps. <laughs> but it must have went over my head. Because <laughs> I, I did think about that a few times. And that was, no, I couldn't find one. I think it's just kids being kids. <laughs> it's what they do. I think probably the one quote that I guess I could say that comes, you know, every episode I think has one line in it that just, you know, stands out to you. And just kind of, um, you could see it on a shirt, you know, it has a meaning to you, you know, for me, for this one, it was, it's not the right time for justice. Actually, it didn't get very long. <laughs> it did for me, because I thought, you know, that's the thing, and I hear it all the time, 
and I think we all experience it, you know, but you get upset about something. Something's been done to you or said to you or happened to you, whatever, and you want so badly to strike back or even though you know you shouldn't, you start justifying it to yourself because you know that you're right in this matter and they're so wrong and you want justice. But he does say vengeance is his. And if you truly believe that, you know, again, he is who he says he is, he's capable of anything. He wants what's best for you. He knows what's happened. <laughs> he knows what's in your heart. He knows what's in their heart. He knows what happened. That if you believe all of that, then you know justice will be done. And he is far more capable of distributing the best form of justice <laughs> that could ever happen than we are, you know. Um, he, he's When you think about it over the years of things that have happened and, and what ended up happening to people in the end because of what they did, he's, he's super creative. <laughs> so much better than anything that we could have ever done. But in his timing, his timing is always best because he has that foresight. He has that intimate knowledge of that other person. He knows the best way to distribute that justice. And we don't because we don't know all the things that he knows. And so it's not the right time for justice in that moment. It's right when he says it's right. It's right when he can, or not when he can, but you know what, when he chooses to distribute it. If we could just keep that in our mind, and I thought to myself, that's what I'm going to start doing. When I find myself in those moments where I'm feeling so justified <laughs> to distribute that justice, I'm going to tell myself, it's not the right time for justice. <laughs> it's not the right time. I thought it was just such a... I thought it was a very good line. I don't know. It just spoke to me, I guess, because I do so often, you know, hear people justifying, you know, their want to, to lash out or to get back or distribute, you know, their own justice. And that's just it. He's so much better at it than we are. I would much rather wait and see what he does because it's going to be so much better than anything I could have done. Um, I'd, I'd rather just watch. <laughs> but sometimes in the heat of the moment, though, we, we get a little too caught up in the emotions. And, you know, that's where I say that line right there. Or you can the right time. keep fighting the bully or you can wait until your big brother comes to tell them off. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, so, here. Giant daddy with the muscles and, you know military and yeah kind of reminds me of, I don't know why I keep got all these Toby Mac songs popping in my head it's Les's fault but I'm thinking I love that that line from his newest song where he says daddy's rolling up his sleeves again and just picture it in my head oh you didn't mess with my kid <laughs> yes <laughs> so have you seen it happen if I was them, I would be far more scared about that than what might come from you. 
but um, as they should be. And I'm sorry, go ahead. A couple of of lines from that whole scene, like kind of resonate with me and get my attention. And one is when I'm talking about this robot Sophia, and he mm. said uh, that smart men are always wise. <laughs> and yeah, difference I mean, between book knowledge. <laughs> And wisdom. Right. They, and it kind of goes back to what we often talk about with the Pharisees, but it's like they could know the scripture word for word, but you need the. They say, you know, in Proverbs, that, uh, the fear of the word is uh, started with the mm-hmm. wisdom or something. They think wisdom as the spiritual insight, spiritual knowledge. What does it actually mean? How do you actually apply it? And that wasn't always happening. Like the difference between the law about working on the Sabbath and healing someone who needs to be healed. <laughs> that that would be where the wisdom comes in. Surely he does not mean that, you know. Um, because you know that he would want you to do what is best for another being than to ignore a being who is in pain because it's the Sabbath. So, you know, and you just have to suffer for another day. <laughs> and smarts without the the spiritual wisdom or the morality to uh, to apply it properly can actually be quite dangerous. Um, and I think about all the super genius villains and <laughs> oh. <laughs> like comic book history yes. or whatever. Um, but yeah, and there's also the temptation of, you know, when you have a lot of versus book knowledge that you start to think that you kind of know everything. And Pierces. So you don't, like, even always bother to try to find a deeper meaning or something because you don't even question it. You already understand it. Well, pretty much what... Nicodemus's wife is trying to make him do. He's got all this knowledge, but he's still seeking, and he's looking for the wisdom. And she's like, "Why do you need to do that? You already know, you know." <laughs> <It's>, um, <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you brought that up, though, because that was actually going to be my next thing. And and I, this is where I, when he was talking about the men, or rabbis or whatever um they were basically the thing was they were misinterpreting and we see a lot of that that's actually how a lot of the different denominations happen and then like the denominations within the denomination because people misinterpret and they start teaching it as gospel and people disagree and then you know it, it was never really meant to be that way but that's what has happened and the other thing that I got is they were, you know, the thing that they were talking about was what the Messiah was going to be like, what he was coming like, you know. And exactly. They, they had this idea in their head. It's what they were expecting. And I thought to myself, you know, something I have learned many, 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 many times over the years is that when it comes to answers to prayer, Always expect the unexpected. 
Believe him when he says, His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. It never looks the way we expect it to. I guess it's just about it. Get used to different, kind of a different way to say that. Probably, yes. Like the unexpected. <clears throat> it never, ever, ever, ever looks the way that we expect it to. And that is how we so often miss that he's already answered our prayers. It just didn't look the way we expected it to. And I'm like, you know, this is going all the way back to, you know, the very beginning, you know, pre-him, so to speak. Um, and already, they were expecting <laughs> they were expecting it to be a certain way, and they weren't, they didn't, he's standing right in front of you, and you just, you know, <laughs> you don't even see it, because you're expecting something totally different. We always have these preconceived ideas in our head we always have these these plans that we've made and it's like we're not going and asking him for help we're asking him to put our plan into motion and when we don't see our plan go into motion we get upset and say well he's not even listening you know he's not listening to my prayers my prayers aren't being answered well if you look around it probably was just not the way you expected it to be and frankly, I'm pretty glad that his ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts because we'd be in a really messed up situation if that was the case. I'm pretty glad about that. But yeah, we have to learn to be a lot more open-minded and, and keep our eyes open and pay attention because a lot of times it's already been done. And we're still asking him. And that's, when we're, again, one of those situations I think he must shake his head would you just look? <laughs> I already did that for you. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I feel kind of dumb sometimes. And I think basically, like I said, the bottom line is, as I started off with, the faith of children was mainly the biggest part of this program, that we should just have the faith of children. Um... And the last thing that I had that just, like, really jumped out to me was when he, they asked him why he was here. That was my He said, he's here for all of you. And, and I'm getting emotional again. <laughs> I thought that was something, you know, everybody needs to hear and believe with all their heart. Um, is that's just, he's here for everybody. It doesn't matter. Uh, they even they make a big thing in this episode of talking about he's not just here for the rich, and how being poor is actually a good thing. Um, he's not. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter what your past looks like. It doesn't matter what your present looks like. Um, it, it doesn't matter what you've done or you haven't done or who you are, where you've been. He is here or came for everyone. And he wants relationship with everyone. And just like he would have so eagerly welcomed Abigail, despite the things she thought she did so wrong, he eagerly welcomes each and every one of us, no matter what it is that we think we've done or that we have done that we think is so terrible, or even how terrible it might have actually been. It doesn't matter. He came here for you, and he wants relationship with you. And 
we will eagerly and lovingly and joyfully welcome you. Here's the uh, little stable he made for her uh, messages. It kind of goes to show you that a uh, relationship with Jesus gets you something that money can't buy. <laughs> That's right. <coughs> Speaking of this stable, I, I like the fact also that it shows that he you know, also wants us to have fun. And he, he wasn't always, yes, do the whole thing, you know, kind of overarching and teaching them. And, you know, his skills and such. Um, but also, you know, that he would make her, you know, just something to play with. Uh, at one point, he's like telling them like a campfire story, <laughs> you know, just to entertain and excite them. Yeah. I love that whole aspect of his interaction with the kids. Um, but I also looked at the thing, the toy that he made that was a very large a very nice way and I thought the comment when he said he wasn't just here for the rich was kind of a double meaning <clears throat> because a toy like that would have cost a lot of money back then and so a lot of carpenters you know using that that's their skill that's how they make their money they would only be making that you know for rich people who could afford it you know and give them a lot of money but he made this very large, elaborate toy that he could have made a lot of money for and gave it to this little girl who had mentioned several times that they were poor and they didn't have a lot of money. Um, I look at it, he, he likes to bless us. And not only does he like to bless us, but he likes to bless us abundantly. And I kind of looked at it like that. He, he gave her this really over-the-top. Yeah. He could have made like one horse. Yeah, <laughs> he could have made her another doll or yeah, just a horse or a little boat or what, but he made her this really elaborate gift um, because he wanted, he wanted to bless her abundantly. He wanted to reward her, you know, and it didn't matter that they were poor and they couldn't, you know, he doesn't expect anything in return. He just loves to make us happy. He loves to bless us, and he loves to do it in abundance. It's always so much more than we deserve. Because um, he just loves to. And that speaks a lot of his nature and his character. When we see that in our lives, to me, that's a big way to really bolster that faith that, you know, he wants what's best for us and he cares about us, and we, we have no need to worry because... All we have to do is look around on a regular basis and look at what all he does for us and how he's blessed us and how many times things happen to us that we just can't believe and we know we didn't deserve it at all. But he did it anyway because he just wanted to. He wanted to love on us, you know, and that's it. He, I always look at it, he's loving on me today. <laughs> he's loving on me big time, you know. Um, but he... He's always over the top of it, and I don't know. I, I just think it's beautiful. It was funny that you brought up about uh, denominations earlier, because right now I'm reading uh, Joshua and the Children, mm -hmm. and fitting for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, it's really a lot of striking similarities, but um, in that book, Joshua, who's the 
pretty clearly implies Jesus. Um, he, you know, he comes to this village that is uh, plagued with um, the problem of like hatred and suspicion between different denominations, and um, like the violence, the alienation, everything that comes from that. And so he comes, and the way he addresses the problem is with children. He starts you know, reaching out to the children of the different denominations and spending time with them and teaching them, uh, teaching them to, you know, how to be friends and to cross that boundary. And they talk about how, you know, the adults had kind of, you know, they'd already grown up this way and inherited it. They were so set in their ways already. Um, and, you know, they, it would just be so hard to to just unteach that, and then so he's going to the children, the future generation. Uh, these children, you know, don't have any kind of, of, of hatred or suspicion fostering in them yet. So he's, uh, yeah, he's reaching out through them, and they're more receptive to it, and it paints a picture for everybody else. I think that's another thing about children: the, the teachability. Exactly. Their willingness to be open to that and to see a different perspective and to learn, you know, um, because, yeah, as we get older, we, we do. We get very set in our ways. We don't want to hear anything different. This is just the way it always was, you know, and um, we're not as teachable and open and willing you know, to change those things, particularly if emotional things are involved, you know, feelings are involved, um, yeah, we're just not as willing, but, yep, there's a lot to be learned from children, and really, if you think about it, that's not that surprising, um, someone once made a comment, and it really struck me, about when you're first born, that's the newest from heaven, You've just recently come from heaven. So, the most recent that you've come from heaven, think about it, is when you're at the most innocent and the most pure and the most like the way we should be. The longer we're from heaven, the more worldly we become and the further from that we are. So I guess it shouldn't be that surprising that the more we act like when we were most recently from heaven, <laughs> the more right our actions are. There's still a lot of often, you know, we still have like a natural selfishness, you know, not really knowing how to treat people or consider them properly. So that's why it's so important. You know, to still foster the good things, but also to learn and grow. You know, we don't always have to grow constantly farther away <laughs> from the heavenliness, I think. <laughs> nope. And we shouldn't. Um, I really do. I think we, as Christians, should start putting more of a focus and trying to be more childlike. And by that I do not mean immature. <laughs> I mean, Childish. And, and the, the things that we have been discussing today, I would actually say the children are more mature. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. You can follow us, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, that was pretty much all my thoughts on the episode. Well, I guess we are going to wrap it up and let you guys enjoy your weekend. Um, and again, if you could please just find a moment in your weekend to go and answer the poll, <laughs> we would absolutely appreciate that so very much. Um, and hopefully we will be able to see your face and um, have a nice, I guess you could say, intimate Bible study experience with you where we can all chat together, get to hear some of your thoughts and your perspectives. We love that. Yes. Yes, we do. Um, and we very much want to experience it. So please, please, please go answer the poll. <laughs> all right. So we are going to let y'all go and we will see you next week. Bye, everyone.